The myth that men who drink soy milk or that eat soy will grow man boobs and cause infertility. The studies that sparked this myth were done on rats who were given extremely high doses of pure phytoestrogens. Rats and rodents metabolize soy isoflavins very differently. Hello and welcome to the Lamethod podcast, a weekly podcast that covers all things nutrition and health, wellness without the wankery, and just general topics that spark interesting conversation and continuing education. I'm your host, registered nutritionist, ex-dieter, and non-judgy educator, Katrina D'Artois. I am obsessed with helping men and women develop healthier relationships with food and their bodies. Most people who don't like their bodies have a broken relationship with food, and I'm here to change that. I want every man and every woman to feel confident and sexy in their bodies, but dieting, dieting, my friends, will not get you there. This is the La Method podcast. Find me on Instagram at la.method. Hey, hey, have you noticed that when you go to the grocery store lately, there is just an insane amount of milk and milk alternative choices? Chances are you're drinking a milk alternative because you heard it was healthier, but you don't really know why it's healthier or why you're really drinking it. Chances are, if I asked you to tell me the difference and what makes a soy milk healthier or a better choice than an almond milk, I'm just metaphorically asking you the question, right? I'm not saying one is better than the other yet. We're not getting there yet. So if I asked you the the question, what makes you choose a soy milk over an almond milk or an oat milk, a better choice over a coconut milk, you wouldn't really be able to tell me, right? Maybe you'd say something like, there's not as much sugar or the ingredients list isn't as long. And yes, these are important factors to weigh up, but they're not the most important factor to weigh up when it comes to choosing a milk or a milk alternative. I'm going to start by telling you a little story. So back when I went back to university when I was 28, well, I didn't actually go back to university because I never went in the first place. I was in yachting from the ages of 21 until about 28. And before that time, I was a full-time yoga instructor managing a yoga studio. And the reason why I decided to pursue a degree and enroll myself in university when I was 28 years old was because I needed to understand what the heck was happening (laughs) with the word health. I was so heavily influenced by wellness culture and diet culture. I was a yoga instructor, right? I was in it for my career, for my life. I was the person who would do intermittent fasting until about 11 and then do a CrossFit workout at around eight in the morning and wonder why I was shaking after because I heard that fasting was just so good for you and then it should, it should make you feel so good, but why did I feel like crap? I was the girl who'd go for a run and then have a greens powder to recover, not realizing that this was causing me to be so fatigued later on in the day and in the week following. I was the girl who was gluten-free, but I wasn't, but I wasn't celiac. I was dairy-free. I'm not lactose. I was clean eating. I was sugar-free but I was completely binge eating and I was not happy with my body when I looked in the mirror. I wanted to be that fit chick. I wanted to be a fit chick. I wanted, (laughs) 
I just thought of a Chick-fil-A for some reason. I wanted to be a fit, a fit chick and I wanted to be toned. I was doing everything that society and wellness wankery told me to do, but it just wasn't working and I was so over trying. I just wanted to know. I wanted, I wanted to know the science behind how my body worked. What is my metabolism? I was convinced my metabolism was broken or that there was something different about me, right? I thought there was something wrong with me and I wasn't like the norm. I wanted to know what my energy systems were. I wanted to study food chemistry, food biochemistry, and how my body responds and utilizes food. So that's what I did. <laughs> I did a four-year Bachelor of Science in Human Nutrition, but I also knew that yachting wasn't a long-term career for me. It was amazing. I traveled the world. I met the most incredible people, both crew and guests, but I knew I needed more meaning and purpose in my life. And I knew that from the bottom of my heart, from deep down in my, mo in my bones, that I was put here on this earth to make the journey of others, to make other people's lives easier. What I didn't know then was how, which is what I've come to realize now. I now know that I struggled through these years and years of an eating disorder and disordered eating for 12 years. I struggled through this and then I found food freedom so that I can help you to find food freedom faster than what it took me. 12 years, guys. 12, <laughs> 12 years. I'm laughing about it now, but I wish I found this stuff sooner. Truly my life's purpose. It's an amazing feeling to be able to give back and help people live a healthier and happier life around food and just become a higher version of themselves. Check the link in my bio if you're interested in applying for my online course with my one-to-one -one guidance. The whole point of this story, which I'm totally deviating a little bit from as I normally do, it is that I wanted to tell you that I drink regular milk. So I was three years into my degree and COVID happened, right? I was living in Australia and studying in Australia at the time and Australia went into a hard lockdown. Basically shot down the whole island. It was a really scary time. And during this time of fear and uncertainty, I didn't know what to do because I had no family in Australia and I hadn't been home to see my family already back to Canada for three years. So similar, similarly with everyone else, I was scared. And the only thing I could think of was going back and to be with my family but I wasn't finished my degree yet. I wasn't finished my nutrition degree, so I couldn't apply for jobs in nutrition, which was something I was super passionate about. But what did I have? I had yachting. And once you have yachting, you can always go back to yachting. So I put my resume up on Yachtspot. And I kid you not that 24 hours later, literally the next day, I had an email from a chief stew on a 77 meter explorer vessel that was offering a three and one contract. And she was looking for a stew masseuse. And the stars could not have been better aligned for me. I actually have goosebumps thinking about it now and how it was just so perfect. It was exactly what I needed. I could work for a few months and then I could go home on my leave, be repatriated to Canada and spend time with my family. So I applied for a one-year leave of absence from my university and I also signed a declaration with the Australian government that I wasn't um, 
that I was leaving for employment purposes because you weren't allowed to just leave Australia. So I had to have a valid reason and I had to have a contract. So the boat had to first send me the boat contract. I had to apply to leave Australia. I had to declare to the consulate or to the government that I wouldn't be requiring their assistance overseas. So basically I was telling the Australian government that I'm deciding to leave the country and I'm completely on my own if things go awry. I also had to declare that I wouldn't be coming back for one year and it was a pretty big decision, but I just knew that I had to go. Was this contract really a three and one? No. <laughs> I ended up doing about seven months straight and even though it was COVID and everyone was in lockdown and quarantines, we were actually so freaking busy with back-to-back -back charters. We were in Russia and we did something like 20 weeks of back-to-back -back charters. Long story short, I'm really not great at keeping to a short storyline, but in a roundabout way, what I wanted to tell you is that when I first got to this boat, all the interior crew were drinking milk alternatives and I was the absolute weirdo for drinking regular milk. One girl said to me, ew, don't you know that milk causes inflammation? I do break this myth down in a previous podcast episode all about dairy and I describe, the, I describe in detail our calcium needs. So go and ha go ahead and have a listen to that one. You will find a little bit of repeat information here in this episode, mainly when I get to cow's milk, but it's worth sticking around to hear about your milk alternatives, learn the pros and cons, and what you want to be looking for on your food label. I'm going to give it to you straight. Why is it recommended that humans drink milk? We need the calcium from it specifically. So what then is the most important factor to consider when you're drinking a milk alternative? The calcium content specifically. When you're cutting out a food group, if you don't drink dairy, you're therefore cutting out a major source of dietary calcium and it's your absolute responsibility. If you say, I don't like dairy, I don't like the taste of it, or I don't like to support the dairy industry, you must, for your own health, make sure that your product is fortified with calcium and you want at least 100 milligrams per 100 mil or per 100 gram of product. So when we measure a liquid, it's in mils. When we measure a food solid, it's in grams. So 100 milligrams of calcium per 100 mil of your milk alternative. Let's get into some more details. So let's tackle coconut milk. Coconut milk is made from grating the fresh of mature coconuts, mixing it in hot water and pressing it to extract the liquid from the meat. This produces a coconut cream, which is then pressed to create a milk. Stabilizers are then added like guar gum, which prevents separation or else your coconut milk would be super clumpy. And that's why it's really important to give it a good shake before you open it, or you might notice it's really chunky. Other examples of stabilizers you might find are xanthan gum and cellulose gum. Stabilizers are not bad. There is some evidence that they can cause digestive issues like bloating and cramping in some people. And that's why nutrition is really individualized and what works for your friend might not work for you. What works for me might not work for you either. So it's all about getting to know your own body from a health perspective, not from a place of restriction. Coconut milk does contain healthy fats known as medium chain triglycerides, MCTs. And while it is rich and creamy, it's important to note that coconut milk is also a lot higher in saturated fat, 
compared to other milk alternatives, and it doesn't naturally contain any calcium. So in terms of protein, coconut milk also has a very low amount of naturally occurring protein, usually less than one gram per serving. It is relatively low in carbohydrates and usually doesn't contain a significant amount of sugar unless you're buying the sweetened variety. So if you're a coconut milk fan, that's totally fine. Think of it as a dietary fat source and try to buy one that has been fortified with extra vitamins and minerals, specifically calcium, and look for at least 100 milligrams of calcium per 100 mil. I'm going to repeat this a lot, 100 per 100. That's your minimum requirement for your milk or milk alternative. Moving on to soy milk, which is made from soybeans. It's a very popular choice among those who are lactose intolerant or who have dairy allergies like galactosemia or vegans because of the high protein content. Soybeans themselves are a whole source, a source of essential amino acids. So that's really good. Soy milk production, the process involves soaking and grinding the soybeans into a thick solution, heating the mixture, heating the mixture to denature the proteins, makes it a little bit easier to digest, and removing the beanie flavor, then separating the solids from the liquid, adding additives such as sweeteners or flavor enhancers, homogenizing and degassing the soy milk, and boiling it, which is known as pasteurization. So a little side note is that all of the milks we're discussing have been pasteurized, and this is a really good thing because it kills any possible harmful bacteria like listeria, E. coli and salmonella. Soy milk is an excellent source, as I said, as of plant-based protein, and it is often fortified with minerals like calcium and vitamin D. This is awesome because vitamin D helps the absorption of calcium. If you want to learn more about this and our little calcium dance party that's happening in your body, <laughs> go and listen to the last podcast episode. I think I'm titling it Milk and Calcium. I haven't actually put it up yet. I'm putting it up today, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it milk and our calcium requirements. So go and have a look for that one. There is some promising evidence that soy may have potential health benefits, such as reducing the risk of heart disease. Again, make sure you are buying one that has been fortified with calcium at least 100 grams per 100 mil of product. Soy milk and soy-based products do not mess with your estrogen levels. This myth comes from a compound in soy called isoflavins. Isoflavins are phytoestrogens, which is a plant compound. Studies actually state that phytoestrogens can lower your LDL cholesterol, which is your bad cholesterol, and increase your HDL cholesterol, which is your good cholesterol. Studies also show that they can reduce your plasma triglycerides, which is a really good thing. This is your blood plasma levels of fat. The myth that men who drink soy milk or that eat soy will grow man boobs and cause infertility, the studies that sparked this myth were done on rats who were given extremely high doses of pure phytoestrogens. Rats and rodents metabolize soy isoflavins very differently differently than humans do. And the results of rat studies cannot be replicated or then brought to say that this is what happens in humans. A review of several clinical studies concluded that isoflavin-rich soy does not affect free testosterone levels or estrogen levels in men. So I hope that helps you a little bit and to not be so fearful of soy or soy-based products. 
Let's talk about almond milk. So this dairy alternative is made by first soaking the almonds to soften them and then by grinding the almonds with water and straining the mixture and adding stabilizers, oils, and flavor enhancers. You might be very surprised to know that a lot of your store-bought almond milk contains actually very little almond itself with maybe only 2% almond. And this is because the amount of liquid you get from pressing almonds is very, very minimal. And it's also super expensive to have a high content of almond, right? Almonds themselves are very expensive. So have a look at the ingredients, the ingredients list on your almond milk and you might be surprised. Almond milk has a mild nutty flavor, is lower in calories than most of the other milks that we're discussing here, which can be helpful if you are on a diet or you want to do, or you want to cut out some calories a little bit, but it's really not necessary. And in the long run, if you have a healthy relationship with food, you don't really need to think about switching out for almond milk in your coffee. Maybe unless you're like a bikini competitor and like that 50 calories is really important to you. <laughs> it is also a good source of vitamin E, which acts, acts as an antioxidant. However, almond milk is relatively low in protein and calcium. Almonds are in themselves high in calcium, but remember that almond milk is more of a water dilution, right? So it may not be the best choice for individuals relying solely on this plant-based source for their protein and calcium intake. Again, make sure that you are buying one that is fortified in calcium and other vitamins and minerals as well. Next up, our friend oat milk. So oat milk has become super popular lately. It's made from blending oats with water. Oat milk has gained popularity because of its creamy texture and pleasant taste. I do like oat milk. It is great. It is a great option for those with nut allergies or intolerances, like lactose intolerance, of course, your dairy intolerances or allergies. Oat milk is naturally sweet and provides fiber and beta-glucans, which help support a healthy digestive system, a healthy heart, and it helps to lower your cholesterol levels. It is often fortified with vitamins and minerals to enhance its nutritional value, so that's a great thing. Oat milk is higher in carbohydrates, compared to other milk alternatives. And just remember to look at your nutrition panel, 100 per 100 minimum. I was actually just checking an oat milk in the store the other day, and it had like 300 milligrams of calcium per 100 mil, so that is awesome. You may have heard that oats contain an anti-nutrient called lectins. This is honestly nothing to be concerned about. Yes, lectins are an anti-nutrient but the lectin content of any food so you can find lectins in i think it's like legumes and other vegetables but the lectin content of a food is greatly lowered by cooking and soaking the food i was saying to one of my clients just the other day that if you start looking at what's wrong with your foods you're always going to find something so legumes have something also called phytates which inhibit nutrient absorption but then again, legumes are one of the best foods for your gut microbiome. Oats, as I said, have lectins, which can cause inflammation, but then oats are incredibly good for your heart and cholesterol and also your gut microbiome. Certain vegetables are nightshades and contain solanine, which in large quantities affect, intestinal, affect your intestinal lining. You will always find something about everything. It's important to know that most of this is based on extremely large dose and a very potent intake, right? The dose makes the poison. 
the best thing you can do is eat a wide variety of food. Remember the carrot juice diet? Like even too much carrots, it's gonna turn you orange and too much vitamin A, which is found in carrots, is bad for your liver. So it's all, there's always gonna be something. Moderation is key. Cashew milk. Cashew milk is made by blending cashews with water and then straining the mixture. It has a creamy consistency, a mild and slightly sweet taste. Cashew milk is relatively low in calories and carbohydrates, but higher in fat compared to some other milk alternatives because nuts is a fat source. So a lot of people, especially vegans and vegetarians, will go for your nuts for a protein source, but it is, it is first and foremost a a fat source. There is a high protein content in nuts, but it, it was it is always a fat source. You'll find minimal protein in the cashew cashew milk, and you can buy it unsweetened or sweetened variety, like most of the non-dairy options here that we're talking about. If you are buying a cashew milk as a dairy alternative, make sure you look at the nutrition information panel and make sure you buy one that has the highest amount of fortified vitamins. We want say it sister 100 milligrams per 100 ml is what we are looking for and then our cow's milk so cow's milk is a great source of calcium protein and other essential nutrients it contains a balanced ratio of carbohydrates fats and proteins it is important to choose a low fat or skimmed milk option if you are being mindful of your saturated fat intake to help with um, your cholesterol. Cow's milk is also fortified with vitamin D, which aids the absorption of calcium, which is really important to maintain the health of our bones. When you don't get enough calcium, you actually leach the calcium from your bones over time and your bones become very weak, resulting in possibly osteopenia and osteoporosis. This is why it's so important to make sure you're getting enough calcium. We actually require quite a lot of it, a woman between the ages of 19 to 50, we need at least 1000 milligrams of calcium. And just for an example, one cup of 1% milk contains 300 milligrams of calcium. A third cup, which is about your serving of a natural Greek yogurt, contains about 200 milligrams of calcium. So even if you have one cup of milk and your serving of your natural Greek yogurt, so just under a cup of Greek yogurt, that's only half of your calcium intake, right? So the rest, you want to eat lots of leafy green vegetables, have some nuts, eat your whole almonds, eat some fish. So these are all high calcium containing foods. Moving on to goat's milk. So goat's milk has a similar nutritional profile to cow's milk, but differs slightly in taste and composition. It contains lactose, protein, calcium, and other essential vitamins and minerals. Goat's milk is often chosen by individuals who have difficulty digesting cow's milk as it has smaller fat molecules and different protein globules. For example, goat's milk contains a higher proportion of A2 casein, which a lot of people find easier to digest than A1 protein, which is predominantly found in your milk. If you're in Australia, you can easily find A2 cow's milk. I think that's gotten quite popular over there when I was living there. In conclusion, to wrap up, there are several milk alternatives available, each with their own unique nutritional profile. It's really important to consider your dietary needs, but also what tastes good for you when choosing a milk. I do add, personally, I like low-fat milk. I add this to my coffee and I have a really milky coffee in the morning, like pretty much about a like a cup of one cup, so a serving of my low-fat milk. 
but I'm specifically after the calcium, the vitamin D, and the protein content here. If I were to choose a milk alternative, I would it would probably be a toss-up for me between a fortified soy milk or an oat milk. I don't love the dairy industry and I always try to buy local wherever I am. So remember to always look at your nutritional information panel, look at the ingredients, and if the product has been fortified with your essential vitamins and minerals, which we absolutely need if you're going for a non-dairy milk alternative, right? If you've cut out milk and you've cut out yogurt, you're not into it, make sure your products have been fortified. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating. It helps me get out there so, so, so much. And I really appreciate the support. If you love what I'm all about, hit the link in my bio, download my free mindful eating guide, or apply for my online course called Finding Food Freedom, which has my one-to-one guidance. If ever you have any questions or podcast suggestions, I'm always open to having a chat, hit me up on Instagram at the Yacht Nutritionist. Speak soon.